Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Looking for a different approach to money? Meet Gatehouse Bank a Sharia-compliant UK bank built for the modern world. We help home buyers to purchase or refinance their home, provide buy-to-let funding for landlords, and offer award-winning savings accounts. Wherever you're going, get there a different way. Get there with Gatehouse. To find out more, visit gatehousebank.com. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. This is Ibrahim and with me we have a wonderful guest, Leila Begum, who came across Islamic Finance Guru when we did a documentary a few weeks ago on multi-layer marketing schemes and pyramids and Ponzi schemes. And Leila was unfortunately a victim of such a scheme a few years ago and she spoke out in a BBC Panorama documentary a while back, and we took a clip from that documentary in our YouTube video as well. And that's how Layla came across us. And Layla, you've been kind enough to come onto the podcast to just talk about your experience, because I think it's really important to hear from actual live people who've been through this, because there's so much smoke and mirrors around this whole thing that sometimes it's hard to kind of work out what's true and what's false. So it's really good to have someone like yourself who's doing this. But before we dive in, it'd be great to just hear about your background. Where did you grow up and what do you do and all that sort of thing? Assalamualaikum, Ibrahim. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. My name is Leila Begum. I am from East London. I'm a British Bengali by background. I have grown up in East London in Poplar. I used to be a youth worker within the Tahamas Council, but currently I work for the NHS Trust as a business planning manager. I came across to one point by introduction of a family friend who I used to work with in the council. His name is Mohammed Aklimuddin Salihamid. So he'll be known in the multi-level marketing field as Salihamid only. So he was the person that actually introduced me to one point. Nice. Okay. And in terms of where were you at the time from a kind of career and financial perspective? Like, were you looking to save up money, invest money? Like, what were you thinking about in those times? The money that I invested, it took me 20 years to save up because I was holding down two jobs. And I think Sally knew my situation. He was a family friend. So someone that I used to, my family, my other friends in the circle knew about him. So he built up a 12-year rapport with me, which was very platonic, very brotherly, sisterly, and he was always there. So when it came to one point, he knew my circumstances. He knew I had saved up. He knew that I was making plans to get married. He knew that I was a single, vulnerable Muslim woman. He knew I was looking out for my brother who has a learning disability. He knew my mother's a widow. And that fact that I was also very vulnerable at that circumstances because my father passed away. So he knew that I was going to steer to what he says because the 
technique that he used on me was, I'm a brother, I will take care of you, I would want you to do the right thing, you have the money, invest big, so you get your big returns. And at that point, I was actually also looking to buy a house, so he knew that I was trying to invest in a property, but my investment was more residential rather than making money on money. So hmm. Sally knew my objectives at that time. And then how was, I guess, OneCoin proposed to you as a scheme and what were your initial thoughts about it? I wasn't familiar with OneCoin. I've never heard of OneCoin and I don't really have any financial background. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. So when Sally actually came to me, he actually invited me to go and support him, give him moral support on an event that he's organised and he's been branded. So I went there um, just to support him. Once I got in there, I realised there were lots of other Muslims from the South Asian Bangladeshi community, lots of work colleagues from Tahamas Council, lots of niqabis, lots of women in hijab. So I felt maybe it was a really good professional background, something that I don't know anything of, especially cryptocurrency, zero knowledge. And they started off with motivation speakers at that time, were Moin and Monir. Islam from the OneCoin and how the story of doing a regular job to a multimillionaire and they actually branded it to be Sharia compliant, it was halal, it was legit, it was going to be bigger than Bitcoin. I think my naivety as a single woman at that time was I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency, I don't know anything about investment. So I think Sally knew that was my weakness, but at the same time he knew that I had the money, so he just had to guide me to hand over the money and invest in cryptocurrency that he was actually telling me about. So I initially thought OneCoin was actually cryptocurrency and I was investing my money in cryptocurrency and Sally was my go-to person. He was selling me the product and representing OneCoin as a brand. So I actually believed everything that he said. So he told me to invest initially 6,900 and that was going to give me a return of 18,000 pounds within three, four months. And that's how cryptocurrency worked. I genuinely believed him. I thought it was a brother looking out for me. He knew my situation. He was a good friend. And why would I doubt him? Whenever he's used my products, such as my car, he'd always fill it up with petrol and return it. So I always had that trust. But on the same day, he actually called me back and he said, Leila, I think you should invest a bigger amount. 6,900 is not enough. You have so much money. You know you're going to do it right. You know you're going to do it well. I'm there. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to get you to buy the house. You're not married yet. Let's get you to be much more successful. And on the same day, actually, did give him more than 6,900. And that's how I got involved. He sold me an education pack, which is worth 6,900. He said to me that was the minimum that I had to invest. But once I started learning much more about trading, investment, one coin, I realized there was lots of misleading information that he gave me. He sold me an education Ponzi package. And the only way to make money is when you recruit other people to join the scheme. The more money people bring in, the more commission you make and your leaders make money on that. And in the same field, when I started attending meetings, I realized there were lots of Bangladeshi young men, young women, hijabis, and they're all hyped up to make money. And they just all want to make money. Whilst I wanted to make money on my cryptocurrency, that's what my investment was. As I started reading, educating myself much more, I challenged Sally, I was asking him questions. He would basically be very evasive, block me out, pretend he's very busy. And then they also had different group chats. In the group chat, when I would question them, about, is it Sharia compliant? How is it halal? Please verify it. Is there a certificate? They would again kick me out or block me out because they didn't like the noise I was making. I was just very curious to know how it was ethical, how my money was making money and when I was going to cash it out. 
I did have a lot of pressure from Saleh that I needed to invest maximum before 1st of October 2016 because my return was going to be beyond my dreams. And genuinely at that time, I felt quite naive, very naive, and I just felt fell for it. And I did the transaction. The money actually didn't go to Guanacoin. It went straight into Saleh's account. I have all my evidence, my bank receipt, his account details, and I just hold him responsible rather than one coin. But it was one coin that he's misled by. So that was my journey. Did you subsequently try to get that money back? What happened when you tried to do that? So as soon as I realized the patterns of lies, misleading, the technology being down, one coin website being down, he was accessing my accounts. And I thought he was just looking out. As an account manager, he's looking after my account and he's actually dealing with my coin. But what he was doing, he was moving money. So he gets more ranks, he gets much more commission and numbers. And actually put a lot of money and on my money. He made a lot of commission. I approached him and I said, I want my money back. I don't believe this is to be cryptocurrency. I think it's a scam. I've read a few things on Google. And it started off from there. I approached him as my friend. I was very calm and patient. I spoke to him over dinner. I said, Saleh, this isn't right. This cryptocurrency isn't genuine. This is one Ponzi. You and I know it's not going to make money. The only way to make money is through network marketing and selling people these packages. I don't want to be part of that. It's not my vision. It's not my goal. I, in my money, it took me 20 years to save up. Please just return my money. You know my circumstances. You know how I am and how caring I am. And this is all I have. He actually promised me that day. He said to me that because my money is over 54200 he said he was going to sell his house and give me my money back because I'm a friend and I trusted him and he knows that the situation is correct, everything that I'm saying is correct. So he and I agreed back in December 2016 that he was going to return my money and I was going to be out and I was not going to be part of one coin or support him. From there on, he stopped answering my calls, he stopped answering my texts, he became very evasive, he was traveling internationally and this wasn't his pattern of behavior. As a friend, he was always reliable, always on WhatsApp, always somebody that would pick up. The responsibility, he moved it from him to me, so he put the blame onto me by saying, Leila, you knew exactly what OneCoin was, you knew it's a network marketing, you knew it was a commission base, so I'm not going to give you your money back because you've opened the account, you've accessed it. So the delays were getting longer. And he kept promising on the text messages saying, inshallah, next week. That next week became next month. Next month became two months, three months, and then it went on. And in that time, I started feeling quite depressed, quite anxious, helpless, hopeless, because I realized my mistake. I realized what I did wrong, but it was now me fighting to get my money. I approached him and he even said to me to lie to my bank and tell them that there's been theft in my account and bank will refund me my money. So I responded back saying, this is haram. Again, you're telling me to do something haram, to lie to my bank for the maneuver of my money that I did into your account because I thought it was investment and now you're lying. That's wrong. It's just wrong. And I think he started blanking me, ignoring me, and then eventually he did block. You basically had no luck in getting that money back. No, there was no luck of me getting my money back. The only way I was going to get my money is if I or Sally had gone to another Leila and said, look, cryptocurrency is the yeah. new thing, anything. do you want to buy the package for 6,900, whatever amount. So it means I have to then mislead and lie to somebody else to sell mm-hmm. it. And I wasn't going to do that. It was against my ethic. And the same with Sally, he was going to do that. And he tried to do that. And I said to him, that's wrong. I just want my money because it went directly into his account. Anyway, that didn't work. Then what I did is I called my bank account, I got his account frozen, I reported it to Financial Conduct Authority, I reported to Action Fraud, City of London Police, 
all these people, they've just passed me around, they took my statement, they took my complaints, but they weren't really going to do anything. My biggest disappointment was City of London Police Action Fraud. They basically opened up a resource centre wanting people to report one coin and any Ponzi scheme to them. But initially what they do, they take your details, they give you a reference number, they don't really do anything with it. So they used all my information, all my research, all my intelligence to gather info against Ruja Ignatova, but they didn't really go after Saleh because Saleh had my legit money in his bank account. He had an asset and that could have easily been recovered if they had pursued Saleh based on my complaints. So it was a financial fraud. That didn't happen. They just passed me on. They wasted my time. They didn't interview me. And then at the moment, Action Fraud closed the case. They've dismissed one contribute Ponzi and they're not doing anything with it. So the victims are left as victim, helpless, hopeless. So what I did, I did my own investigation. I reached out to Al Huda, who said he said they have certified one going to be Sharia compliant. So I wanted them to justify and give me the certificate, which they did. But they also also reconfirmed and said it's not Sharia compliant. They thought it was Sharia compliant, but when they realised the product wasn't, they actually pulled out. They withdrew the certificate. So that was my evidence. But then what I noticed, one coin were using the old certificate to brand and lure lots of other Muslims and tell them that it is Sharia compliant, here's the certificate, but actually that wasn't the genuine news. When I started reaching out to people about this, they thought I was trying to target Saleh, I was trying to just corrupt their business, but actually I was trying to save other people, protect them and their money from being astray like mine. Uh, I also did a BBC Panorama interview because my amount was so huge. They were interested in the dynamic of my situation, what I went through and the steps that I did. Eastern advertisers were also interested in my story because Saleh used to work for Tahamless Council and they found him to be working well off sick. So I did whistleblowing on that and he actually got dismissed. So my evidence that I actually produced and gave it to them, it was very factual. They dismissed and they believed me. I'm never going to get my money back, not through all these organizations, but I know my money is halal. I've always paid zakat on it. So I know that when Allah wants it, he will return back my money. Maybe in, not in the dunya, but it will be in akhirat. But in the meantime, Saleh is actually living off my money. He's moved on to a different scheme. So it's not part of one coin, but most of the people have now moved on to different MLM scheme. What's that used to be. It's called Amplivio. Right, okay. It's another one coin based so you would have to buy an education pack and then that basically gives you commission and then you would yeah. go out and recruit people. They run a lot of webinars, they travel internationally. What bothered me a lot was Salim didn't just mislead me, he also misled my family and my friends. But all my friends, they've got their money back because they only invested, one invested £2,000, one invested £6,000. So he was able to shut them out because they didn't do any whistleblowing against him. Most my amount is large and I was the most closest to Salim. He doesn't want to take liability of the mistake that he put himself in. But he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. So you ended up losing 25,000, right? No, it's 54,200 pounds. 54,200 pounds. And unfortunately, you've not seen any of that back. Of course not. I did complain to OneCoin as an organization. They kept blaming Saleh. They kept saying, oh, we don't manage him. He's not under our organization. We passed him on, his account's frozen. So the company didn't take any liability. Saleh kept blaming OneCoin and they just kept blaming each other. They're playing against each other. But actually I know Saleh is the person that actually misled me. So the money went into his account. He's the person that's held accountable. And do you think, Leila, that ultimately 
Saleh has actually become rich out of this? Or do you think he's also fundamentally probably like not done that well out of it as well? There's a lot of pretending. So if you look at his Facebook, so check out Saleh Adam Ahmed, that's his profile name. He's actually traveling internationally. So whether he's made money or not money, he is living a very flamboyant lifestyle. So he's traveling to Thailand, Bangkok, Vietnam. I do believe that he's made money because under one point, he actually tried to set up a charity that he made through his commission. And there was an interview that he did with Ruja Ignatova and he wanted Ruja to brand his organization. But actually, he didn't realize you only give charity when you have surplus money and no debt. And he wanted people to subscribe. So every click, there's the money that goes into the charity. And he started donating money to Vietnam and other organizations. It's just really bizarre. Yeah. I think Saleh is well off. He's making lots of cash money. There are lots of people in the community that believe him, call him brother. And he has a very charming soothing character so he's got the beard he goes to umrah every year he's also went to umrah in december 2019 so he carries a very pious looking character and he also visits his father's grave so if you look at that side you just think that leila is yeah. only leila is that something that i mean you said obviously it's like very very community based right there's like all sorts of people in your community that have been hurt by this and lost money because of this and people like saleh are still operating and frankly harming people right now what are the kind of red flags that people should watch out for when someone like this approaches them i think the red flags would be when they actually sell you a scheme and you're just going to be rich in three months time that's a red flag first of all i think if someone wants to invest money is find out what the organization is how they're making money and how the money will go into the account if it's going to an individual's account then it's actually not a genuine business it should never be into a personal account it should be an organizational bank account with address and certified and this definitely should be a contract in place and i think these are my red flags that i didn't pick up because of my relationship with saleh and that's where i went wrong and i think there are lots of community-based muslims pakistanis and bangladeshi are doing that they're just following their brothers blindly because the brother said i've known the brother for a long time and then they just fall into the trap of investing and then they become a victim but they don't know how to come out or deal with it and not everyone is brave enough to go through the journey and express. And I think for me, it's more reaching out to people and letting them know I'm not looking for sympathy. I just don't want there to be another Layla and people to make a foolish decision like what I did, no matter who it is. So it's my most expensive lesson. Yeah. When they invite you to come to an event that's going to sell you drink, and if it's a product that you never heard of, such as OneCoin, Amplivio, there's so many different MLM schemes that are just created every day. They are very charming. So they will say, salam brother, salam sister. And I think there are lots of Muslim women who are targeted. And I know that Salah targeted me because he knew that was my situation. He also targeted a colleague at Ahamas Council who's a divorcee, single mom. And again, the same technique was used. You're a single mom, you will do so much better. So I think these are the red flag when someone is being very generous and very charming, pretending to care about your well-being. Yeah. No, Events are very scary. If you see someone that's doing a regular job and is wearing a Louis Vuitton suit, that's just automatically a red flag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. Well, Leila, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I appreciate that it must have been quite difficult to do this and that it takes a degree of courage to kind of talk about this and to go over, I guess, 
not so fond memories on your part. So really appreciate that. And I hope that this podcast and this interview will be beneficial to people who have been targeted or who will be targeted. Please do take heed of all of this kind of stuff. And before you start investing or anyone starts investing, just read around reputable websites who know what they're talking about. And typically these websites will be boring because investment that's done well is typically quite boring and it's normally not get rich quick type stuff. So just do watch out for all that sort of thing. And please do share on this podcast and this message to others in the community that you think might benefit as well. Jazakallah khair, Leila, for your time Thanks. and for your thoughts. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.